You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. because I'm trying to figure out how to run this game for Edge of the Empire, for Jason Copeland, for you, and for my buddy Dennis, who isn't a comic book creator. He's just a man who likes comics and role-playing games. And Tucker, possibly. I've also asked Tucker. He hasn't given me a yes or no, but hopefully we'll see what happens with him. Tucker is also just a – he's a civilian, if you will, who just makes – who just likes role-playing games. I think the hardest part of the Edge of the Empire game will be the dice. Yeah, the dice are a bit confusing, yeah. I would say. That was confusing to us when we were playing in Copeland's yeah. game. That's so. it. And like, and it's not like when we were playing in Jason's game, I was making any attempt to learn how to use them, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> like, They would just roll, and I'd be like, is that good? <laughs> and he'd be cool. like, sure, that's fine. I mean, you can kind of pick up on some of it, but yeah, I was just kind of... For the audience's explanation, uh, we are talking about playing games, and um, much like Dungeons and Dragons, Star Wars: Edge of the Empire is a role-playing game, and yes. which has a, a tabletop role-playing game that <laughs> <laughs> has a specialized set of dice. Mm-hmm. So basically, the way that the results work in Star Wars versus let's say a game you're more familiar with, like Dungeons and Dragons, is in Dungeons and Dragons you roll a d20 if you succeed you succeed if you fail you fail that's the basic premise of D. star uh, star wars edge of the empire does not work in the same manner as that because the mechanics of the dice are such that you might fail on what you're trying to do but come up with a completely different result and you as a player get to add to the narrative of the game yeah which is which adds to the fun so let's say you might have failed in the stormtroopers out of the uh hangar you were trying to capture but you accidentally released a rancor that's going to actually take care of those stormtroopers for you with your dice results. So, and you can make up stuff to, based on how bad you think it is, because the rancor is also going to be bad for you. Yeah. And you think about it that way. Um, so the DM might cut you some slack and go, "Okay, that's cool. That rancor is out of the cage." Yeah, so, it's just it's just a different narrative style, which is kind of cool because um, I've been pl- I've been playing D and D every every week for you know, every other week for almost two and a half years. And before that, I played a fourth edition game for a really long time. So I think I just need a D&D break. So I, I'm, I'm going to take a break from D&D and the absolutes of misses and, and hits and try to run this Star Wars game. Because I like the Star Wars game. I like the mechanics of it all. It's just going to be figuring out the dice. Because like you said, it's perfect hit misses and you know, perfect hits and, oh, you had a success, but it didn't go as well as you want to because when you were shooting the so-and-so, somebody hit an alarm. So it's kind of weird things like like narrative choices like that. So it could be fun. Yes. So, yeah, so as well. Because um, I thought about looking into the Savage Worlds RPG because they have a Savage... Yeah, yeah, they have a Savage Worlds Rifts. Mm-hmm. And, like, basically the Savage Worlds is kind of like GURPS... If you remember GURPS from back in the day, do you remember GURPS? I don't remember GURPS. GURPS was an RPG system that they had um, 
back in in the day for for old school nerds that was basically you can use it for any kind of setting you want if you want to play superheroes you can use GURPS oh, that's uh, cool general universal role-playing game system that's what GURPS ah, stands okay for. that's fun so you can make a superhero game in GURPS uh you could make um you know a spy game in GURPS you could yeah. play a D&D game in GURPS like so basically you could do whatever you wanted to with the system and what I heard is Savage Worlds is like that and you can do anything you want setting wise um etc with the setting and they have a riffs one which i used to run a riffs game back in the day and had a lot of fun running riffs um for a group of people who enjoyed playing um but riffs is really broken as a system um when you when you try and have all these different things together so the general premise of riffs makes it broken from the get-go so um have you ever you do have you seen riffs? Do you know what I'm speaking? Of? No, all the playing games had the greatest art. I will say that about the Palladium role playing games. Um, they have really great art for the system. They have really great interior art. Um, basically, the idea of, of riffs is you're on a post apocalyptic Earth, so basically kind of Mad Max, but meets Dungeons and Dragons because the Earth, the the apocalypse, the the World War cracked open the Earth, and the ley lines are all crackling with energy, and through the ley lines come creatures out of every kind of dimension oh that's fun so, so like you can have anything in the game they have things from like this this group called the coalition that's trying to restore coalition. order yeah and they have they have cool uh like armor though coalition guys have cool armor they have like death's head masks and stuff like that but um like and they and everything from that to like superheroes to uh dragons you can play a dragon and gurps you can play yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff. Gurps, and I like the name Gurps. <laughs> well, Riffs. It's Riffs. No, but I like Gurps. Gurps, because it sounds like that. Gurp. <laughs> Gurps. Um, yeah, the one game I would really like to play, but I don't know if we can get anybody to play it, would be the Conan game. I really enjoy Did you buy it. that? Yeah, I have the book. I really Do you have the PDF? Somewhere. Okay, Send me the PDF. I, I would play that. I love the character creation of that game. Like, I absolutely love it. It's low magic. I mean, it's fucking Conan. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing not to you, like. Still. You love the character creation. I got that. Yeah. No, I got that part. I mean, the only thing bad about the, I would say, the Robert E. Howard versus Dungeons and Dragons parallel is um, it's very low magic. In the yeah, Conan which world. is cool. Okay. Yeah, like I kind of dig the low magic world of Robert E. Howard. I don't like the racism and like overt sexism and stuff like that. Yes, but I did. That was going to be the other problem yeah. I brought up. But so I nice. dig the but I dig the low magic stuff of it. Like I think it's just really cool. I would, yeah, I really enjoy the character creation of that game. I think it's really neat. Um, but whatevs, I'm looking forward to running a Star Star Wars game. Some of those games, I think they put people off because of the property, like because it's just a an extension of the brand, if you will, and it's not okay. its own thing. Uh, I've heard that from some people that I like and who I play other games with. Like I wouldn't want to play that because it's just like, you know, I don't want to do that because it's not original. So like, all right, that's cool, whatever. But I think the Star Wars game will be fun. And my household at the moment is in like a full blown Star Wars mode. My kids are obsessed with it at the moment, so much so that my son woke up last night sleepwalking and came into the room, into my wife and I's room, and was telling us that he thought it was messed up that Django Fett got his head cut off. <laughs> 
by Mace Windu. <laughs> and I asked him about that this morning, and he was like, I don't remember any of that. I was like, you know, he's like, nope. I was like, oh, okay, so I guess you were just kind of sleepwalking because he is prone to moments of sleepwalking. But now in his sleepwalking, he's talking about Star Wars. And I was like, well, you know, because he's only eight and, and the prequels are a little more graphic in, yeah. in, I guess, the violence than the first movie. I mean, so Luke lost a hand. That's about as bad yeah. as it gets. You know, in, in the new ones, I mean, Homeboy, I guess in the prequels, because those aren't the new ones, the prequels, I mean... Anakin sawing off Dooku's head and, you know, Jenga Fett gets decapitated and all this stuff. So it's like, are you sure you're okay with this? Is it too much? And he was like, no, it's okay. He's like, I just feel bad because Jango Fett has a son who's like seven and like he's going to miss his dad. <laughs> I was like, that's very profound. Very insightful, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's very insightful and profound of you, son. And he's like, that's all. I just think it's kind of messed up because like he's a dad. So that's I yeah guess, yeah and and it does affect uh his son as you'll see uh later in the in, later films in the in the Mandalorian. yeah and, um they started watching that too the kids watched um the i think the first three episodes we watched the last episode we watched was the one that's basically seven samurai okay yeah where he goes and collects all the people to help him like the like the break into something is, is no the seven samurai episode is the one where he goes to the planet to try to hide and he meets the female um shock trooper oh cara dune yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. like they get hired by the other people they get hired by the village to protect him from the raiders and then the atst shows up with the red eyes that's yes that's just seven samurai yeah which I thought was cool. And I was watching, I was like, oh, this is Seven Samurai. And Sophie's my daughter who's, who's 10 is like, what's Seven Samurai? I was like, oh, it's awesome. It's but great. My, yeah. yeah, but my 10 year old has will have no patience for a black and white Japanese samurai film. <laughs> no, you I know? don't think so. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, so that I was, that's as far as we've gotten. So now we're watching The Mandalorian, which is cool, I guess. But whatevs. So yeah, we're full blown Star Trek, Star Wars here at the house. It's all Star Wars. Oh. And is that hard for you as a Star Trek fan? No, because I like Star. I like Star Wars as well. I mean, I watch a lot of Star Trek because of the the other podcast I do, Dork Trek, um, and we just started Voyager, so that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, so no, I mean, I love Star Wars. My fandom has kind of dipped because of the last. A batch of films if you will but I'm trying to take a positive attitude towards the films for my kids so they can enjoy it mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah. like you you yeah. have you very much have that attitude like whatever it's not for me anymore yeah, I actually sure. remember you saying that when we were talking about the rise of Skywalker and I was so I'm trying to have that attitude um, there are some really great things about the Clone, uh, about the the Clone Wars movie, uh, Attack of the Clones. There's some really cool stuff about it. So I'm just gonna mm -hmm. focus. I'm just gonna focus on that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's always it's always the best because when I watched the movies, I was like, not the newer movies. I was not blown away by, and my son was like disappointed that I didn't enjoy them as much as he did. And I go, yeah. but you're supposed to. Like yeah. you're at you're it, it's geared towards you more so than me so i'm glad that you enjoyed them um 
I would have liked to see Luke take on the galaxy with the laser sword. Like, so when he asked that question, I was like, yes, that's what 12 year old me showed up to see. <laughs> but like, of course, you know, it's good that they're kind of giving a little rhythm in Star Wars as well. So it's not yeah. all super like the force can do anything like you're you just be awesome you can take on a whole fleet of these guys it's believable like yeah yeah it's not of course but like that's part of the reason why we go to the movies is what i told him i said so we all get something different out of it i was like that's a good thing about a film you have a discussion afterwards he's like oh i like this but i don't know about this so Mm. no i really have you been reading good Oh, have I been reading? I've been reading the Star Wars book and I've been reading my prose. I've been reading um, Rum Punch from uh, Elmore Leonard because he came up a lot recently on the podcast. He so did. For, so for Christmas, I got Rum Punch, which is which is the, the book Quentin Tarantino turned into Jackie Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I really, so far so good. I'm about, I'm halfway through it. Um, so it's going pretty well. I need to read Dracula MF because I really want to read that. Um, but yeah, that's... did you get the book? You got yeah, the I book? Got, I got it for Christmas. Is it is it wonderful? Yeah. Like, does the art look good? I haven't opened it yet. It's in plastic. Okay. I mean, it's Erica uh, Henderson. It's Erica Henderson, so I'm sure it looks great. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just kind of. I've been busy, man. Like I've been reading prose and now I'm reading the Star Wars book and then I'm trying to get all these pitches out and, you know, I had some stuff I had to do today. It's just, it's interesting the little things you have to do as a comic book creator. Like today, for example, I was writing the um, uh, the Metal Shark Bro. Uh, we got a, something from our publisher from, uh, uh, from Scout Comics because they signed a deal with Simon and Schuster. Simon and Schuster is going to put the their trades, the Scout trades, in bookstores, which is awesome for yes. us. So we can try to sell more trades. But with that comes things that we have to do that falls back on the creators. And this is stuff as as a comic book creator you don't ever fucking think about. No. <laughs> so like. No, I remember when we. I looked. I was like, "What is he talking about?" Yeah. So yeah. today I had to write the Simon and Schuster data fields, which is. Charlie, who we've had on the show, he's the co-publisher of Scout Comics. He sent me this guideline for like how to do it. And you need a keynote and a book description, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I went in and I did all that today. Like that was the one thing I was kind of working on. Um, I was working on that and trying to get the podcast on Spotify because I'm working on that. But yeah, that was an interesting and fun thing to write, you know? Um, so just kind of doing back end stuff, doing that, sending pitches out. I sent, a, I've sent, the pitch to two different places and i'm going to send it to two different places tomorrow and you know just trying to get shit done man that's the weirdest thing about being comics creators is having to pitch new ideas to publishers to prove that we can do said ideas um with ideas already out there so like it's it's the hardest part i would say of doing all this is is trying to like be like hey we've got other ideas like check this out yeah check this out and the weird part about it is like each idea you're basically trying to sell a publisher on the fact that you can sell this idea um based on your previous sales record or what you've done and Mm -hmm. or or who you'll bring to uh their uh fan base uh the party if you will yes so it makes it really difficult when you're trying to write a pitch and you know what the book's about but you don't know how to tell somebody 
that this is what they're going to get from the book, which is the hardest part, I would say, of writing these pitches with you when we go through and try and figure out, yeah, well, what are we trying to like? What are we trying to do with this book? We've we've written the scripts and we, we know where it's going. We have an idea of what the story is, but how do we pitch that story to someone to make them go, hey, that sounds awesome? Yeah, like, no, it's 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 a completely different style of writing. writing pitches Uh, there are people who are very good at it obviously there are people that aren't so great at it Um, I think we're kind of learning and trying to find a comfort zone there are people who make these beautiful pitch packages um, you know these these wonderful documents with like graphics and they're on like fancy backgrounds and paper and it's just beautiful and it gives you a real kind of look of the entire book and then you know there's just white you know here it is it's a google doc boom it's pdf take it or leave it so like we're just trying to find our way into pitching because kevin um you and i are kind of making a conscious effort this year not to be known as just the metal shark bro guys which which is which might sound odd to some people listening to this because they'll say but metal shark bro is fucking awesome and yes metal shark bro is awesome like i love metal shark bro too i think it's terrific um, but we want to show like a, a range of of work that we can do. Different ideas um, because we've got more than just that in uh, up our sleeves. So we, it. no, I don't know. But I mean, I'm no, that's I'm it. You're done. Fumes, bro. I got you're just, you're just metal shark bro till yeah. you die. Yeah. I'm just basically everything's going to be <laughs> fucking smoky and abandoned. It's going to be alien smoky and abandoned. Alien Smokey and the Bandit? Yeah, it's going to be a medieval Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> that's all, that's gonna, that's that's my all we got? Everything is just Smokey and the Bandit? Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you don't like Smokey and the Bandit? Then you're screwed. God darn it. Yeah, then you um, ain't going to like us then. <laughs> I mean, we, we've actually done, a. if you think about it, which is weird because when I thought about it the other day, I was like, we've actually done a surprisingly wide range of stories outside of metal shark bro technically as we did the um we did the good fight anthology mm-hmm. yeah and that story has is absolutely nothing to do with anything funny or metal shark bros it's kind of a serious tone. It's a little more serious yeah it's a little more serious and then we did um we did we've done a a crime story a while ago that's black and white and mm-hmm. we've done mm-hmm. um we did another one um I think what else we've done. Oh, we did the the Stairway anthology. That's um, correct, piece, sir. Which is Spirit of Six 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 with Chris Dabari and um, and Simon Go on the colors, and of course Chaz, um, which is a little different in tone from Metal Shark Bro. It's a lot more like dark or gritty slash grim. Um, so it's it's hard showing publishers that you can do all that and and still be as goofy as we are because we're fucking goofy just trying to show some range (laughs) which is which is interesting because like one of the things i'm most excited about doing this year is the idea with jamie that we're working on that i wrote the pitch that i wrote the pitch script for and did the the edits on and got that over to him is it's another kind of silly idea not not as silly as metal shark bro per se but it's still pretty um like fun it's just fun yeah, it's another one where we're just having fun, and then the the other one that we were that we're talking about doing um, with Josh Hood is a lot more serious. Yeah. So it just depends on, I guess, where we are when we write things uh, at that time. For us, uh, it's weird because when we come off of something silly, sometimes we just go and write something serious. 
like you're talking about, uh, it, it all harkens back to that D&D conversation you're having. We've been doing silly for a while now, so we're probably going to go and do something, a few things that are more serious and come back to silly again, maybe next year or later on this year, depending on how our, how we feel. If we get too bogged down by uh, the seriousness of it all, then we'll just go back to being silly again. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm waiting for something from Spotify because I oh. think I think Federale fixed something, so I'm just looking for something. Uh, we sent you an eight-digit code. Post it here uh, to finish adding your podcast. Verify your code. So I'm just waiting on a code, and then I think we'll be on Spotify. Oh, oh. Yeah, so you can hopefully we're soon gonna change our voices to be so, as well. to, hello, hopefully, Bob. Hopefully soon you'll be able to get us on Spotify. So that'll be cool. Bum, bum, bum. We're gonna have game show music in the background. And everything. No, Spotify is a, a big deal. That's kind of cool for your pod. You know, is that I mean, okay? Yeah, Spotify. You don't listen. You don't use Spotify. No, I just use the Apple iPod Store on my phone. I don't. No, but I'm saying you don't listen to spot. You don't listen to music on Spotify. No. Nope. Weird. I use Amazon Music. Um, I, I, YouTube when I want to hear something. I'll just look it up because I don't I don't ever want to hear a whole album anymore. I just want to hear certain songs, which I know sounds very strange. It's, it's pretty weird. Um, I don't listen to a lot of music anymore, so I haven't listened to music in years. Interesting. Um, here and there, um, when, when we clean the house, um, there's music on, um, but it's like on a random PlayStation and it's through Pandora, I believe. Um, but that's about it. That's about the only time I really listen to music. Awesome. And it's not even my music. It's like whatever she has on the Pandora. That's what happens. That's what happens. I don't know, man. I listen to music all the time. It's all I do. That's I awesome. Listen. I listen to I listen to like I listen to stuff that's not like rock music really anymore. So like most of the time I listen to like hip hop or like and it's usually older stuff, you know, maybe like throw some Aesop, Aesop Rock on or Jurassic 5 or something like that. I'll throw that on. Um, but every now and then I, I like want to listen to something that I remember from like the 90s or 2000s. So, mm -hmm. And I'll throw that on too. Because I'll get like a weird song stuck in my head. Like I, I couldn't remember. There was this one that I used to play all the time on alt radio in the 90s. And I was like, what is the name of that song? Uh, it was a sponge song and I, I couldn't remember the name of it and I finally found it so and the, I think the song is called Nana Manasha I think that's oh. what it's called so it's a weird song I've never song. heard of that um it's a really weird song technically so technically it's a really weird song it is it's very strange um but yeah so now what have you been reading have you been reading anything good lately I know you asked I... me I started Graffiti's Wall today, which is oh. uh, Ram V and um, Connor, our, our friend Connor Knudsen. I think that's how you say your name, uh, yes. Connor. I'm not sure. Uh, is the editor of that, and so I, I started reading that, and it's about a a, a kid in Mumbai who <clears throat> they're tearing down this tenement, and they decide that they're going to put graffiti on this wall, and he's been doing graffiti around the city, and uh, his friend basically bails him out. He's going to get some charges from the police his friend bails him out uh and at the at the at the end of it he's basically like do you think anyone would mind if i 
draw things on this wall and the guy's like no because it's just a wall left standing where they tore this tenement building down in mumbai interesting um, that's where i got to today and i was like oh this is a pretty interesting book it's interesting how the letterer who is i think aditya bidikar uses the sound effects to guide your eyes because some of the panels don't have any words because he's he's by himself and he's observing things but he's like watching stuff on the streets of mumbai like somebody like playing an instrument or someone um rattling uh, a can or the rattle of a scooter as it goes by on the street so they're using the the sound effects to like guide your eye around the page so i thought that i found that to be pretty interesting because it's just like you're you're basically getting firsthand his observations of what the street life is in mumbai which i found to be interesting i was it like oh, interesting. it's pretty interesting the way that they did this because there's no there's no word there's no word balloons to guide your eye so they're using the sound effects to do it and they're placing the sound effects where your eye should go next okay and the sound effect is on the actual whatever's going on and then when he goes to spray paint the wall it's a big panel of hiss like the spray the sound of the spray paint it's yeah. it's rattle 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 hiss so like even the timing of it phonetically sounds like like a spray can. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's pretty that. interesting. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. Uh, but, you know, I, I do like Rambi. Well, he's lot. great. So, I mean, what's not to is. like, you he know? Is. And I always like to look at that stuff before we go delving into writing our stuff in scripts because it's always good to look at someone who's writing you admire when you go to start your script so you get a better idea of what like what this what does this comic script look like what do you what what i think it looks like and and deconstructing the panels in my head because i'm a fucking nerd like that i mean that's interesting though um because that's what i do i go oh the panel description for this would look something like this so this is what that panel description looks like and this is what this looks like and then sfx would be here and this Mm -hmm. is how so i go through it all and i look at it and, and like try and soak it in so i can uh absorb some of that ram v greatness <laughs> yeah no, into totally. our script you know well it's interesting too because i mean like i i find myself trying not to read comics because i don't want to accidentally like i'm afraid i'm gonna run into an idea <laughs> that oh man and i'm gonna be sad that somebody else beat us to if that makes sense <laughs> Um, I, but I mean, it's a weird. Thing. I'm never worried about. I'm never worried about that because our core idea is usually not what they're yeah. what I'm reading about. Because there's no way that anything that we're doing is going to resemble Mumbai or what is happening there. So, I, um, I got Adventure Man from um, Fraction, and who's the artist on that? It's uh, it's Terry Moore. No, it's not Terry Moore. It's Terry something though. And his wife colors. Rachel does Rachel, the colors. Um, shit, I know. I know exactly. Dodson, Dodson, yeah, yeah Terry, it. Terry yeah, Dodson, Dodson, and Ra- and yeah. Rachel Dodson, and the art looks great. And I didn't open it yet because I'm like, now this is something I might have to worry about. Has ideas close to something that we're probably doing. So I'll I'll wait and read that later. But like a kid doing graffiti in Mumbai, I don't have to worry about. It. <laughs> yeah, that's there. a book that yeah that would be hard for you to write. I mean, yeah. So uh, I mean. It's wonderful, but it's not something I have to worry about. Like it's anything close to what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I feel you. Um, but that—that's—that's that's what I've been reading pretty much. Is that, and then I 
read um, some of uh, the plot by Tim Daniels and uh, Michael Marizzi, and okay. I can't find the book anymore, so I don't. I didn't finish it. I What's the book? I don't know where I put the book. That happens in this house sometimes. Okay, I'll, I'll put a book down and I won't find it for like two months. Um, so I'll have to go look for it because what happens is I'll put a book down and it, it'll be not in a place that is deemed uh, acceptable. Interesting uh, for kid eyes, like especially since that's a horror book. Yeah. And Danielle will go and put that thing away, and I won't know where she put it, and then I'll have to ask where it went to. And right now, I'm too proud to ask where it went to, so I'm just going to keep <laughs> searching through my crap until I find it. Um, but that's what happens, because she'll go put it away. She'll be like, no kids need to see that. The kids don't need... Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what happened with sex criminals. I have sex criminals in my house, <laughs> and uh, we had to hide it like it's pornography. But it's weird, because my wife, who really has no interest in comics at all like she just doesn't care she's not a comic fan she's not interested in comics she's never read comics she doesn't know how to read comics even though i've tried the kids have tried to get her to read comics like she just doesn't care but um uh she was she asked me she's like what sex criminals and i told her the basic pitch of it which is a woman can stop time when she orgasms. So they decide to rob banks and stuff. And she's like, that sounds interesting, which is the most interest she's ever shown in a comic book before ever. <laughs> so, but you, yeah, yeah. And that's even my own work. But she was like, yes, that sounds interesting. And I was like, yeah, I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. Cause my house is littered with things I haven't read. And it's like, and, yes. So, that's why that's why when, when there are things posted on facebook i feel like i feel seen but the, i'm like me too the one thing i have been reading which is weird of all the things i have been reading is i bought amazing spider-man 55 for my local comic shop here in kentucky i i messaged him and i was like i want this book that gleason cover with the black and the white webs is amazing it's you just bought it for the cover. You haven't even read the book. I have no idea what's going on in Spider-Man right now. Like, not a clue. <laughs> but I just you love want, the cover. I just love that cover so much. It's so good. It is. And, it and is I even good. posted on social media like I haven't bought a comic just for a cover since I was a kid, but I had to have that book. So what I find myself, what I've been doing is the comics I have been reading is I'm going back and reading um, Amazing Spider-Man on Marvel Digital. I'm at issue. 17 we just got into the hunted uh so it's nick spencer and pachal and bajalo what's his name pachalo by chris bachalo bachalo yeah i get him and i get him and pachalo confused because their names are okay yeah so it's bal bachalo and 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 what's his name um the guy we table next to uh which con um ryan um oddly so they switch back and forth on the art which is cool because their artwork is kind of similar um but right now i'm up to the hunted which is like a craven uh craven story that they're oh that sounds awesome it's pretty neat um craven i guess a while back uh craven's children reincarnated him and he's pissed off about being alive and he's not super excited about it but he realized (laughs) that this is kind of his lot in life 
and he's back in the jungles and he's mad that his his jungles have been ruined by you know man it's been over hunted by these like glory hunters who go out and like like you know they shoot an elephant cut off its tail so he's pissed off about this whole thing so what he does is he decides that he is going to start catching animal based super villains like the scorpion and rhino and things of that nature and let people hunt them oh gosh which is kind of neat it um, is neat so like he caught That's a good idea he's caught the rhino and it, the cool part is it's black ant-man and taskmaster who are doing most of the catching of these bad guys and you gotta love taskmaster i mean if you've ever read the one taskmaster mini where like he went to argentina and found like a village of hitler clones i think fred levent did it and fred levent and jeff paulo who's one of my favorite artists did a taskmaster mini a long time ago <clears throat> that's real wacky it's real wacky so much like i said uh he ends up in a like a village of hitler clones taskmaster it's really odd but anyway so taskmaster they're hunting all these animal based villains so like rhino and scorpion and black cat ends up there and and just all these other different kind of people and like these hunters are just going to hunt them and spider-man is the ultimate prize because he's spider-man so it's it's kind of neat and like um the last one i read spider-man got knocked oh and i guess um a craven which is this was actually really cool craven had um somebody who i can't remember exactly who it was but craven had this person clone him and give him all these clones as children because none of his other kids were worthy of him and so like in the savage lands or whatever they kind of hunted themselves and he kills them all i think but he has this guy who i can't remember who it was i'll go back and look but they he clones craven and there's like the jackal there's no 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 it's not the jackal i can't remember who it is i think it's like an x-men villain or something but they clone they clone him so there's like but they start out as babies and he raises them but they i guess it's accelerated like jenga fett with all the clone (laughs) troopers so he's got all these clones there's like 50 of them and he sends them out into the world to, to one day come back and have this big celebration well only one comes back and oh. the the one who comes back has hunted all the other Cravens because they weren't worthy of his name. And Craven is like, "You're my true son." And I thought that was a really <laughs> that was a really cool thing. It was a really cool kind of piece that Spencer used because, like, you see this guy who looks like Craven who's carrying this sack, and he dumps the sack out, and there's all these skulls, and it's just a really cool visual. And he's like, "These were all the unworthy." you know the unworthy heirs or whatever and i was like that's pretty damn good (laughs) um so yeah so that's that's where we are now so yeah so craven's son captured spider-man and now he's in on this hunted thing too so that's where we are oh okay yeah so it's kind of interesting yeah so we'll see where it goes from there but it's not bad and i like i really enjoy nick spencer's writing of spider-man i think he He's got a good tone for it. He gets it. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you were, did you read Superior Foes of Spider-Man? I did not, but excellent. I heard you said lots of good things about it's, it. It's excellent. Like, it's really good. Like, just the kind of minutia of, like, the day-to-day, like, little conversations just people have. Like, it sounds real. And, like, it's kind of offbeat. He did that book with Steve Lieber, The Fix, at Image, um, mm-hmm. for a little bit that I also enjoyed. He, he did Morning Glories. 
Yeah, so I with, like I, with Joe Isma. Yeah, I yeah. think Nick Spencer's pretty good at something. He he definitely has like the voice of Spider Man, like that kind of hat, like that kind of jokey, um, sarcastic, sarcasticness in the face of all hell Danger. breaking yeah. loose. Yeah, which is cool. Um, and I think that's where kind of maybe we get some of that Metal Shark Bro stuff from too. Is the fact that like I'm a big Spider Man fan, you're a big Spider Man fan. We still kind of have that vibe. You know, but yeah, so the Spider-Man stuff has been pretty cool and I'm only reading it because I bought that cover. I mean, that cover is fantastic, so I get it. And I'm getting the reprint. They're doing a red reprint of it that I already have that I'm going to buy, too, because it's so damn cool. That's funny because you sound like you sound like twelve year like like a twelve year old Dude, excited the, about the cover. It's amazing. The red one is cooler than the white one. It's the reprint. <laughs> and I saw the reprint. I was like, shit, I got to get this. Um, I like the white one so much that I have the red one too. Yeah, and then, the red, then, then you'll get to read it because then you just keep the white one in the plastic because the yeah, cover's the, so cool. Oh, I already put the red one. The the black one is already put away Like because I have like six or seven small boxes of just Amazing Spider-Man books because mm-hmm. my one-time goal was to try to collect all of Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I already put that away. Um, but yeah, no, dude, it's really cool. Uh, it's a really cool cover, and the red one's going to be even cooler. And the guy who runs my comic shop, Steve, was like, "Well, I have a poster if you want that." I was like, "What the fuck am I going to do with a poster? Like, my wife won't let me hang that up anywhere in my house. Like, what are you nuts? It's kind of <laughs> like what you ran into with that awesome blacklight poster that um, you got. That thing is killer. I meant to tell you that. I love that poster. It's amazing. It's dope. Uh, it's in our. It, it had to be hung in our bedroom so, because the the Viking lady's boobies are hanging out so um it's jim rugg's uh blacklight poster so that's cool and um it's signed and everything it's great i i got it the uh octobriana kickstarter that he ran it's a really comic it's it's a really great poster there was three pictures that you could get through that that were blacklight pictures and i was like well i'm already on the this tier so I might as well just pick one that yeah. I like. I, I've got the Octobriana comic book. I don't want an Octobriana blacklight poster because I've got the comic. I don't need that. Like I'm going to see enough black blacklight Octobriana. Um, what's the other one? Oh, it's this. Uh, no. And then the other one's like a Viking lady with an axe. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah it's really it was, good. It's my favorite one. Yeah, I like that poster. It's great. I'm not going to lie and, to you. It's really awesome. She posted on um, Facebook something like, this is what it's like living with me. Because she's like, what are you supposed to do with it? And I wrote back, duh, you hang it up. Yeah, I told, I told her to get a frame for it. So I'm totally on your side. I'm like, that thing needs a frame. It's beautiful. It's it's lovely and I love it. Uh, she was just like, we can't hang that in any common areas of the house. Though. And I was like, yeah, that's it's art, man. You, it's art. What is wrong with you, woman? Uh, I mean, it's got it's it's got boobs and there's there's a there's a teenager in our house now. He's, but it's he's art, 13, dude. So. It's art. It's yeah, it's I get it. I had the discussion. I was making fun of him. <laughs> I, I made fun of him because he's 13. I said, I don't even need to like go incognito and look at Pornhub. And he's like, what are you talking about? He like freaked out. His voice cracked and everything. It's like, I'm just playing. I'm not, I'm not serious all of it. I'm just teasing you. Um, but, the, but his voice cracked. He like was so insulted by that. I was like, I'm just joking around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's the fun part of parenting when you get to tease them about that stuff. Uh, that, that was fun. Um, but yeah, like there's that up on the wall. Uh, Drew a did great, a painting of that's a great post. Destro, there's a Destro. The, the remember the the watercolor Destro I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's up on the wall too. That's cool. Um, 
Yeah, she found places for all that stuff while I was at work one day. She was like, look, I hung up all their cool artwork that I liked. That You still have like a whole like bunch more sitting over there that you bought. And I was like, yeah, I tend to buy like one piece per con yeah. to bring home with me. Um, if not more, it just depends on the con. At Heroes, I'll buy two or three. Um, I go a little ape shit at Heroes. So. And she's like, oh, you got to get some frames for some of this stuff. And yeah, like, that's the hard part is framing. Like you spend so much money on the artwork and then you end up spending so much money on the, on the, 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 the frame. Frame. Yeah, it depends where you get them because we found cheap eleven by fifteen frames at, at like and stuff. But like, if that falls off the wall, just so you know, it, your frame is done. Yeah, that's just that's just it. Um, so we found some cheap ones that that we're gonna use, but just because it's an easier way to hang it. Yeah, it looks nicer in the frame. That's, that's the Everything looks nicer in the frame. Yeah, I would agree with that. The, the, that black white poster doesn't have a frame. She put these like weighted things on it because it was it came curled up in a tube. Um, Ooh. So so like it had to be unfurled. So she's got these weighted things hanging it to the wall. So it kind of uncurls the Classy. black light poster. I would buy another black light poster from him. He did a Ninja Turtle one. That was cool. Oh, that yeah, is cool. Buying. He did a Ninja Turtle one too. Um, Rug did, and he was like, he, he like if you back that kick. Sending out another message like I got another poster if anyone wants to buy it, like just go here and do this and I'll ship one out to you. And I was like, yeah, man, I don't know where I'm gonna hang that. And like, we don't even have a black light. I just like the black light poster. <laughs> so yeah. like, what am I gonna do with all that? Okay. My house is gonna look like a, a like a VCU college dorm yeah, right. <laughs> a little bit. I'm gonna have flashbacks. I think I'm entering the final steps of doing this thing on um on spotify i oh. believe our podcast would be what arts and entertainment probably uh yeah let's do arts and entertainment i think yeah so i think i think we might be good um oh comic books is one there we go um books and what uh anime it's not anime well uh, pop culture Pop culture is one. Visual arts. Okay. So books, comic books, pop culture. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I think we're, I think we may be good to go. Wow. Now you can listen to word bros on Spotify. Yeah. This is happening like right now. I think like it's happening while like I'm you doing it right now. Nice, we got your podcast. It may take a few hours to show up on Spotify, but you can find your podcast here once it's ready. So Word Bros is now on Spotify. Look at that. Yes, that's pretty cool. We're moving on up. <laughs> it's funny because you don't even know what Spotify is, which I think is hilarious. So I this... know what it is. I just don't use it. I know I know I acknowledge what it is. I just don't use it. And we're in the process too of one of my goals. For... I, I just use the um Apple Podcast. Yeah. yeah. I, st- I, we're, I st- we're still there. Don't don't fret. We're still there, but I think yes. we're also on Yeah, cuz I use the Apple Podcast Catcher as well, so. Yeah, I use that one just because I mostly listen to podcasts in the car while yeah. I'm driving. So um which is weird cuz when the kids get in the car they're like, "What are you listening to?" and I'm like, "Nerdy comic book stuff. Leave me yeah. alone." 
get off my lawn (laughs) i listen to a lot of wrestling i listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts because that's the kind of guy i am sometimes but yeah man so i think that's it um next week we should have uh we're having we have a really big guest next week we do it is going to be bob quinn Bob Quinn and Bob he's, Quinn was he was working for Marvel. He's doing like Champions, isn't he? He just finished Champions. He, yeah, he's drawing the an X Men book. Damn, son. So, I mean, <laughs> and uh, we saw all the X Men announcements, and I reached to Bob and asked him if he wanted to be on, and he said, "Sure, cool." So that's next week. We'll have a, a Marvel artist, Bob Quinn, on. That'll be really awesome. So that's very exciting. So uh, we'll do that next week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We had a really great time talking to you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk to you next week on the Word Bros Podcast. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.